Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. You're listening to Snowbound, a brand new channel. Very excited to be talking winter sports. And our first guest, we have Ryan Green, the Nordic Division Manager of Rosignol North America. Thanks very much for joining us, Ryan. Thanks for having me, George. This is, uh, I already said it, but really exciting to be starting a whole new podcast channel, really focusing on winter sports. Uh, I can't believe it isn't out there yet. Yeah, I'm surprised myself. I'm, uh, I was very excited when you approached us with this and uh, glad to see it come into action here. Now, you're a cyclist, you're a skier. What's kind of your first love in sport? Oh, I love them equally. Uh, fortunately, they are uh, alternating seasons. Um, but, you know, if I, if I had to pick one, I well, I'd skiing, I guess. But uh, I do like both. They, uh, they complement each other nicely and uh, a lot of fun and great people and that kind of stuff. What is it about Nordic that really drew you to it? Um, that's a good question. I, I came to Nordic through cycling and, uh, I was looking for a way to maintain fitness and try to grow some strength in the off season. And, uh, I've always kind of lived in the, uh, mountains or at least, uh, areas where there's snow and, uh, back in, oh, I don't know, years ago now, but, uh, Somebody introduced me to, to cross-country skiing and uh, uh, with skate skiing, so relatively easy learning curve. And, uh, uh, you know, you had the, the motor from cycling and uh, the coordination from alpine skiing and stuff, so I was able to, you know, relatively pick up on it uh, quickly, you know, relatively quickly. And uh, it's just a, it's a lot of fun. It's, um, it's a great workout. It's, uh, it's a, a challenging activity, and, uh, you know, you're out in the fresh air and, uh, getting some sun and all that. So it's, uh, you know, what's not to love. It's a, it's a fantastic activity. Now we really see Nordic skiing once every four years, uh, during the Olympic years. And it's usually on at kind of obscure times during the day. It's one of the most beautiful sports to watch. I mean, the competition is unbelievable. Why do you think in the U S it's been, I hate to use the word obscure, but that's kind of fitting. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, you know, it, it's a smaller sport for sure, and it definitely has a niche. Um, it, the, it has some pockets in the country where it's certainly extremely popular. Um, you know, where you live and where I live, it's quite popular. The Midwest, New England, California, uh, Alaska, 
um, Pacific Northwest. I'm sure I'm missing somebody out there, but you know, it's pockets. It's, it's definitely not a mainstream sport like say alpine skiing or soccer, football, baseball, you know, those types of things. Um, and, you know, in some ways that's also part of the, the attraction of this, to this uh, sport. It's not something that everybody's doing. Um, you know, it's because it's not common. It, it's, you know, it's not well known within the the U.S. population, so there's not that demand in the media for it, uh, like you would see with you know baseball, football, that type of stuff. Um, we're seeing more and more of it. The U.S. team is having success at the international stage, uh, both Olympics and World Cups, junior programs, that type of stuff, and that's that's gaining attention. We see it more and more in. Uh, uh, newspapers, you know, USA Today, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, that type of stuff. So it is getting exposure. Uh, it's just not getting the exposure that we're seeing uh, in some of the other activities. Um, but, you know, it's it's growing. So uh, uh, as more and more people do this as either, uh, you know, a competitive sport or as a winter fitness activity, the popularity continues to grow. And uh, as that happens, we'll see more things, uh, more media exposure for that. You know, the uh, I think it's NBC Universal is going to live stream all the World Cup events this year, which is the first time this has ever happened. So, uh, you know, that's another hurdle that, or a step forward that the sport is taking. I think for years there was only really one Nordic skier that was kind of known among the U.S. population, Bill Koch. Koch, yep. however you pronounce that. Koch, I've heard yeah, it so yeah, many yeah. different ways. And, um, but all of a sudden, what was the shift? The U.S. has really come on strong. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a number of things. Uh, I don't know that you can pinpoint, uh, you know, a couple things that have done it. But, you know, that's, a lot of stars have aligned on this thing. The, the junior, you know, USSA developed a, a junior pipeline program years ago. And uh, that has helped to define the path for a skier to to continue to grow within this sport. And it's also created a community to help support that skier. Uh, outside of USSA, the, the governing body in the U.S., uh, outside of that, there's uh, individuals and uh, foundations that help to support and supplement these programs. And there is the lifeline of this thing is the coaches and the program directors and the volunteers and, you know, the race promoters and all everybody else out there that makes the events happen so that a uh, 10 or 12 year old who's out there skiing now, or, you know, looking at skiing, if this is a sport that they have a passion for and a desire to go to whatever level it is, whether it's uh, qualifying for the uh, J&Q, a junior national qualifier, making it to junior Olympics, possibly skiing in college on a scholarship, uh, even being named to the U.S. team or a world championship team or an Olympic team, that pipeline exists now. And we're seeing the the team that is over in Europe representing the U.S. right now is a lot of them have come through this pipeline and the opportunities are there, but also the the understanding and the, the coaching and the talent level at, uh, for athletes and coaches across the board has, has grown dramatically. So we're, we're beginning to see a lot of that uh, pay off with this current generation that's over there racing in Europe. And a little odd question here, but I was just wondering – are the manufacturers seeing the U.S. as a much more uh, potential market for them or a growing market for them? Rosignol, I know Fisher has a very strong Nordic department. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely growing. It's um, you know, it's not growing like a, uh, a high growth stock would, but it's uh, you know, it is seeing some growth. Uh, what we're seeing is, you know, there's a few metrics that we look at to gauge the the, the state of the sport or the industry, and that is, uh, are kids coming into the sport? The answer there is yes, for sure. Uh, we're seeing that across the country uh, and in over in Canada, so that's true for NORAM. Uh, and then we're also seeing it, you know, um, older age groups coming in. So whether it's, you know, the 30-somethings, 40-somethings, 50-somethings, all of that's growing. And we're seeing that in uh, increases in the amount of people participating in activities, whether it's a race, a fun event, uh, that type of stuff. Uh, you know, something like the American Berkebiner has, uh, you know, 11,000, 12,000 openings on that thing. It's already sold out. You know, a couple of years ago, oh, this thing, you know, you could probably get into the end of that in January. And now we're, you know, November 18th and uh, it's gone. It's full chill. So uh, the sport's quite healthy. We're benefiting from the growth in cycling and also uh, just the, you know, running and healthy living. And uh, people are seeing Nordic and cross country as an opportunity to continue that lifestyle 12 months out of the year. You're listening to Snowbound. We are talking kickoff of the Nordic ski season with Ryan Green of Rosignol North America. So Ryan, what are ways that people can really become involved with cross-country skiing? Um, what are some events that are open to the public around the country that, that you're familiar with? Well, there's a, a few. So it depends on where they'd like to come in. We, we break cross-country or Nordic down into a couple different categories. There's touring, which is um, going out and, you know, you can take your dog on skis. And it's, it's a, a diagonal stride or it, it's like you're walking. And that is you can do it on a golf course. There's prepared ski areas to do this. Uh, you can go out on a forest service trail, open meadow, um, you know, more or less anywhere where there's some snow, you can you can go touring or, or cross country. And these skis are typically a little bit wider. They have fish scales or some sort of you know shape underneath the foot to to give you some traction and to allow you to go forward. Um, and if somebody wants to do that, just about any ski area or ski shop is going to have some sort of rentals or at least you know where somebody can get rentals. And uh, it's as simple as putting on some boots and away you go. Uh, if you can walk, you can figure out how to, to uh, go touring. If somebody would like to get into skating or cross-country, then you need, or sorry, uh, classic skiing, then you need to be at a prepared ski area where the, just like on Alpine, where they would groom the, the slope, you would do the same thing on the cross-country. That helps to pack the snow, give it a little bit of stability. Uh, people might be familiar with the tracks that are in the snow. That's the two channels that the skis will go into and basically guide you down the path. Uh, those are used in classic. And then for skating, you're out in the open lane, which is very similar to an alpine uh, ski slope where it's groomed like that. And skating is that side-to-side motion. And uh, that's the one that most cyclists can pick up on very quickly. Uh, they already have the muscles and you know balance and strength and aerobic capacity to uh, do this. And uh, it's a relatively short learning curve, so they're able to pick up on that quickly. Um, there is an event in January, it's called Winter Trails, and that's a nationwide event that is uh, at numerous ski areas throughout the country, and that's where people can get some lessons and some uh, try some product out and go ski for a day and see if this is something they'd like to, to try in the future as well. Tell us that again. What, where can someone find out more information about that? 
winter trails, if I uh, dump that into your favorite search engine, that will come up quickly. Let's uh, see if I can just find it here as we're going. So as you're looking for that, I am curious, is Telemark, uh, if you're using uh, skis that you attach skins to and go backcountry, is that considered Nordic or Alpine? Uh, that's, it, it, well, I, well, either. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, it probably skews more towards Nordic. Uh, Alpine is, you know, lock hill and releasable bindings. Uh, where Telemark would be more in the Nordic side of the the thing, but uh, these days the lines are so blurry uh, because the the skis are are you know they could be an alpine ski, they could be a little more cross country ski, but uh, the the skis are so close to alpine skis these days, and the boots are quite powerful. They're uh, you know generally plastic boots, and they're designed to drive these 110, 120 centimeter skis underfoot and. Uh, um, that kind of stuff. So Telemark's a, a little different uh, world than uh, cross-country, and we kind of, you know, it lives a little bit in Alpine and a little bit in cross-country for uh, how we run it. Now, in Alpine skis, Ryan, I would say back early, mid-90s, there's been a huge change in ski design. Has the same thing happened in the Nordic world? Yes. Yes. So, um if we're talking about cross-country touring where it's going out into a meadow and... Um, uh... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Uh, you know, just skiing along the pass. We've some of the things we've learned on alpine skis with how tips work in softer snow and flotation and that type of stuff have worked their way over to cross country. And uh, really, what we've seen in the last few years, uh, probably the the best uh, change in product has happened over in skating and classic uh, equipment. And that's you know, in in those segments, glide and efficiency of glide are are critical for. Uh, uh, speed and you know having a good day. If if the ski is not gliding efficiently through the snow, you know you could you could be on your A game with fitness and nutrition and stress management, everything else. But if the ski's not right, it's just kind of like not quite having enough air pressure in your tires in a in a road bike race. You're just working hard. So. 
what we've been able to learn, thanks to some of our alpine powder skis, is how do we handle softer snow conditions, and uh, what does the ski do when it hit when it comes into these types of conditions? So we've been able to work quite a bit with uh, tip profiles, uh, pressure distributions of that tip, and uh, also how the ski sits on the snow, so we can handle different snow conditions, whether it's uh, very hard snow, similar to what you you know concrete like on a sidewalk, or very soft snow where it's uh, you know it's snowed three or four inches the night before and then it's been tilled up or people have been skiing through it. You need different skis for those conditions. Uh, you can certainly do it with one ski, but um, if you have skis unique to that condition or specific for that condition, it, uh, the person who has that one ski is at a bit of a disadvantage. What have you seen coming into the 2015-2016 season in Nordic that you feel is just very new and changing this year? There's for 15, 16, there's uh, some new things. There's some things happening with boots and skis, but, uh, when it, when it comes to that racing or fitness category, a lot of the change happened in, uh, 14, 15, you know, generally as an industry, we, uh, introduce product or really whiz bang technology when there's, uh, an Olympic cycle. And, uh, because we're, you know, we want to have that new technology out when, when there's the big events, that's, uh, an easy way for us to, to get that product out in front of athletes. And, uh, you know, at that level, we already are, we know it's performing. So we're expecting to see some good results and, uh, at the highest level of the sport. So, uh, what we, uh, and Sochi, you saw the, partly because of the conditions and where the event was at, but you saw a lot of white bases on, um, skate and classic skis and you know whether they're white bases or clear bases the the idea is the same but basically what these are the they're designed to handle uh higher moisture contents in the snow they're hydrophobic bases they don't get bogged down with dirty snow or the water that will create suction in the base uh and that combined with uh it's not very exciting stuff but how the ski sits on the snow and the side profile of the ski and how that skier weight is distributed across the ski that has really changed how these skis handle those conditions you know going back four to six years ago uh, those were very challenging conditions for uh, manufacturers for the ski technicians and for the athletes because the product was uh, it, it was held back a little bit in, in those types of conditions, and the, the skis would, would they would drag or they would plow through the snow. They'd have suction because of the all the water in the snow. And now with what's happening with uh, putting structures in the bases, some wax technology, and then equipment uh, or material that's used in the the skis, and then also this skier profile or how the skier is presented to the snow, it's really freed these skis up. So now we can have very fast uh, skis in ch very challenging conditions, which whether you're a World Cup athlete or, you know, you're out there going for a ski on one o'clock in March and it's mashed potatoes out there and you're in, you know, short sleeves, uh, that, that will make that day or that, that ski session even more enjoyable for that person as well because they're, uh, you know, they get a little wind at their back. They're not working nearly as hard as they used to. Now, let's get into competition a little bit. Can you go through the different Nordic competitions that one would see uh, on the World Cup? Yeah, sure. So there's uh, there's two disciplines, uh, skating and classic. Skating is the... Um, 
side-to-side motion, like inline skating, rollerblading. Uh, and then classic is where the skis are in the track, and that is the diagonal uh, like you're running. And uh, uh, different skill sets, different uh, – there's athletes that are, are certainly powerful in both skill sets, but, uh, you know, a lot of athletes, they they – seem to excel in, in one discipline over the other. Um, you know, they're, they're still quite good in, in both, but uh, they're, they have a little bit better performance in a, a, one of those two disciplines. Within those disciplines, there'll be uh, different distances. So you could have a sprint, which is uh, uh, pretty fun to watch. It's a little bit like a, a crit in, in bike racing. So uh, six people out there and line them up side by side and gun goes off and away you go and uh you know you got to get through the corners there's a lot of strategy uh sometimes they don't all make it through the corner and uh whoever comes across the line first will either advance to the next stage or if it's at the final uh stage they will they'll win that event so um that's a, a lot of fun to watch the men and women will do that. Typically, those are uh, K and a half or 2K uh, in distance. There'll be some hills and lots of turns. They they try to make those courses pretty exciting. Uh, and then there's uh, what can be a there's either mass starts or individual starts. Mass starts are uh, just as they sound. So it's everybody lines up, gun goes off, and away you go as a group. And uh, first one across the line wins. Or there's individual, and that's very similar to a time trial. So they will have a uh, a start, and one individual goes off, and then the you know the next one goes, and so on. And there's another uh, way to do that where it's a pursuit, and that is based off uh, somehow they get a start time, so there'll be a, a penalty, and when that you know the second and third and fourth skier go, and whoever comes across the line first will win that one. So there's a number of ways uh, to run the race and some different distances, anything from a 5K all the way out to a 50K uh, for distance. So uh, all sorts of different things. And, and just like you'll see this in cycling and running and you know any other endurance sport, there's those that are better in the shorter distance and those that are better in the longer distance and those that kind of sit right in between there. Um, so a bunch of, bunch of different events out there. And uh, there's even a, a little bit of a, a stage race, which happens in December, and that's called the Tour de Ski. And it, it follows the uh, along the lines of the Tour de France. So it's a time stage. It's, I forget how many stages. Off the top of my head, we'll say it's six. And uh, uh, there's some sprints. There's some distance. There's a hill climb. And, uh, you know, best, best time overall at the end of the event wins. So uh, a lot of fun things to watch. Where is that? That sounds like a blast. Uh, it's all over the place, just like the Tour de France. It uh, it, it rips around all over in Europe, and uh, um, you know they're in Italy for a little bit. They oh, race they in are. France. They're a uh, um, bunch of different countries. I think it's four or five different countries for this. Now it's funny. A little earlier on, you had mentioned soccer, and uh, soccer makes me think of people who fall down and when you see that happen you <laughs> kind of roll your eyes um, at the end of a nordic race more so than any other sport that i've seen you have world-class athletes coming into the finish they're giving it everything they have and they actually will collapse when they cross the finish line and it seems very genuine so what is it about a nordic ski race 
that puts people into that much expenditure of energy? Well, I think with Nordic, you have a little bit of an advantage over, say, cycling or running or swimming or, you know, pick your favorite endurance activity. Uh, with Nordic, you're gliding on skis. So, uh, you know, where running or cycling, if you put yourself, you know, it, in a race, everybody's given 100%, 110%, you know, they're just everything you have. But in a bike race, you still have to figure out how to steer the bike and not put the thing into a ditch or into the curb. And on a running race, you got to get that foot out in front of you so you don't trip and, you know, skin your chin up. Uh, with Nordic, you don't really have to worry about that too much. You can give it everything you have and uh, cross the finish line. And when the skis stop gliding, you know, you can tip over and uh, you're not going to get injured. So the I think part of it is the, the way the, the sport or the activity is, it allows them to really just give it everything they have. And there's, there's no consequence there. Um, and, uh, you know, with a, a lot of endurance sports, you just need somebody a little bit faster than you. And uh, that can put you into the, make you hurt a little bit more. And, um, you know, that certainly is true in Nordic as well. So I think they're able to give, to give just uh, that little extra bit of exertion because they don't have to worry about falling or, uh, you know, crashing or something like that. So. Name of the channel is Snowbound. We are visiting with Ryan Green, the Nordic division manager of Rosignol North America. Really excited about this. What are some things we're going to be exploring as this channel comes together and, and we really get into the Nordic side of skiing? Well, I think you've got some great things teed up. Uh, there's some U.S. ski team athletes that uh, they're over in uh, Switzerland or sorry Sweden right now for a training camp. So we got a couple of those queued up to check in and see what's happening with the camp there and follow them throughout the season. Uh, we have a U.S. ski team uh, technician who who works behind the scenes in the in the the wax trailer and uh, is involved with testing skis and testing waxes and you know just validating every little detail of the of the equipment and the wax and so that way when it, the that product's handed off to the athlete they can go do their thing and uh, that's going to be very interesting uh, to kind of hear what happens behind the scenes uh, it's long hours and a lot of testing. And uh, so it should be some good information out of there. Uh, I've got a, a U.S. ski team coach queued up uh, so we can kind of see what's happening throughout the season from the, the coach's standpoint. Uh, and then some individuals on, on the state side that uh, are, are key in the Nordic world. So there's uh, um, some individuals involved in the development of the ski racing pipeline and helping U18s and U23s get from the, you know, as they start getting into these international ranks, making sure that the, the, the hurdles are removed so they have the ability to get over to Europe and race and continue the success that we're seeing with U.S. skiing. Um, and then some uh, wax folks, you know, from the, the technical side of wax and all the little details there. So a, a great assortment of people. I think it's going to be quite interesting to listen to this throughout the season. And really looking forward to doing it. I sure appreciate you taking the time here to uh, visit with us today, Ryan Green. Thanks a bunch, George. My pleasure. Snowbound, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.